Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the CrickBlog podcast. So I'm Shabal from CrickBlog.net and I have the pleasure to welcome my co-host Nash, who's residing in Darwin in Northern Australia. And it's a pleasure to have you here, mate. I'm really looking forward to this. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. I think it's, yeah, it's been an exciting time for us. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, a bit nervous, but good nervous. That's always good. No, nah, don't be. Uh, it's all good. Yeah. Um, and I think, we, I think we are going to have a lot of fun on, on this podcast with so many guests lined up and so much cricket to be played in, the, in, in, the, in 2021. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to it. I, I mean, it, talking cricket, it's always fun, isn't it? Absolutely, man. It's a, it's a contrast to this time last year, right, when um, cricket came to a standstill because of the pandemic and we didn't know what to do around this time. I uh, still yeah. remember the last two yeah, definitely. Australia, New Zealand ODIs were cancelled and everything started to get cancelled. I didn't know what to do. But um, no, it's awesome because this podcast has been in the works for quite some time. You know, personally for me, I was also always thinking of starting a podcast sometime and actually had people on Twitter as well telling me, um, you know, you should start one. Um, but it's been a busy time for you and I, hasn't it? Like both you and I got married recently. Uh, and, and things are yes. settling down now. So why not start up a podcast and uh, chat about the game we love yeah. so much? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's been, yeah, as you said, um, I got married to my longtime girlfriend. So um, it's been fun. It's been an interesting few months and uh, yep. yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, so like myself, I've been known to talk rubbish on Twitter. So why not convert that into the spoken word on a podcast, I guess? Uh, so... Look, we have a big show planned uh, with plenty to cover for our first episode. Um, we just had a very exciting, um, action-packed India-England T20 International Series. We'll cover that first up. Uh, the home side pulled off a great victory. Um, and we'll speak about who will challenge India the most in the World T20 and, and whether India are the favourites. Um, we also talked to some very special guests, Dan and Kez uh, from We Cricket. Those guys are based in the UK. Um, they provided their input. Uh, on the series. Um, we'll also cover off some other international cricket going on right now. Um, and we'll provide you with our take on some of the news going around right now. Uh, and then we'll end with hashtag AskCrickBlog, where we've had fans uh, kind enough to send in some questions for both Nash and I to answer. So plenty to cover and we're looking forward to it. So without further ado, let's uh, start with the India-England series, Nash. Um, it's a proud India fan yourself. So from an Aussie's like, congratulations on a superb series victory. You've got talent left, right and centre, batting, bowling and fielding. I, I wanted to get your thoughts uh, first up on, on what you thought of, the, of India's campaign. Are you more or less confident now going forward of India's chances in, uh, in the T20 World Cup? And have India sorted out some key issues in their team, do you um, think? Yeah, I think first of all, as an Aussie fan, I think congratulating others right now is um, is all you can do. To be honest, yeah, um, pretty sad, but right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You'll get there. You'll get there in the end. Um, New Zealand, always, India, yeah. you name it. Yeah, um, yeah, but no, as you said, it was a great series for um, for both teams. Actually, I think a lot of positives were um, were answered, and a lot of um, you know. There were a few negatives for from an Indian perspective as well, where KL Rahul's form was a big one. Mm. Um, he came into this, you know, he came into the uh, T20 series after after a pretty good 
um, Australia series and a pretty IPL. You're, you're a glass then, half empty kind of guy. You've had a you've just achieved a great <laughs> series win, and you're straight away into the negatives, mate. Yeah, um, but. Uh, to be honest, with with World Cup in in later in the year, I think mm. you have to um, work on the negatives as well. And True. KL Rahul's spot spot is a big one because um, looking at the positives, yes, you have Virat Kohli and Rohit Sharma at the top, and I think that will keep um, the batting order in place. Um, I think both. Both the veterans are—we can call them veterans now. I think mm. um, both the mo- you know most experienced batsmen at the top. That gives players like Surya Kumar Yadav, Shreya Sayer, even Rishabh Pant um, in the middle order to you know just um, the relaxed uh, mindset that they need to go and play their play their game and you know express themselves um, out in the on the pitch. So, but again, coming back to Rahul, I think he was a big um, big set disappointment um in the in the series i would say um played four games uh probably not rested but dropped for the last one mm. um and as you can see but i think he he will play um the t20 series in england i think um mm. if they are playing one there and then i think there's a couple of p20 series lined up before just before the t20 world cup uh which was announced a few days ago yep. um, against new zealand and um South Africa, if I'm not wrong, mm-hmm. um, I think I think he's he's sure shot for that squad at least. Um, if he gets into the eleven or not, I think it's just um, time will tell. But would he be Would he be in your eleven in say World Cup? I think probably uh, uh, a, a, yes, there's a lot of I cricket think, to be played before then, I guess, with IPL and all that. So yeah, you're right. I think um, I did put out my eleven on the on Twitter for the World Cup today, and uh, I did mentioned okay. Rahul in there because just for the fact that he has had a stellar 2019 and even 2020. So I would start with him. Yes. Um, just for the fact that he's the more experienced one um, in, in that squad. Uh, he only come, you know, he's only next to Virat Kohli and um, Rohit Sharma. So he, one bad series doesn't make him a bad player is what I, is what I believe. And um Definitely, players like Surya Kumar Yadav, Ishan Kishan, and even Shirs um, Ayer are breathing down on his neck, and um, it will be tough for him um, if he doesn't perform. Um, but I will definitely start with him. He starts in my eleven um, yeah. for the first game for the T Twenty World Cup. So the tough question is then, because there's such an embarrassment of riches, right? You've got so much talent in that team. And a lot of those players are in good form. I mean, Shreyas Ayer for me was one of the big surprises for you guys, how good he was in the middle order. His finishing was outstanding. It's not a role that we sort of know him for. Um, so if Kara Rahul was to come back to that team, who would, who would be left out? I mean, it's this, as I mentioned, there's still a lot of cricket to be played before then, but it'll be a tough decision for India to make, I would imagine. Yes, really tough. I think it's a good headache to have, I think. Um, and uh, I, I can only say as an Indian fan, um, having a good headache in the batting department, you know, has been a luxury. So, it's 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 been it's been from from Ayer's point of view, he has performed really well in that middle order. And start of the series, people were saying, "Oh, what's what's his purpose in the team? What's his role mm, exactly?" In the team? And I think I think he has proven that he can bat anywhere uh, from that number three or number four to number six, number seven. 
he can play that anchor in the middle order and he can finish an innings at the end as well. So um, it, it, it's really interesting to see what he does and how he performs in the IPL, given that he's the captain of um, Delhi Capitals and he has someone like Steve Smith in his in his um, squad with captain uh, with the coach Ricky Ponting. So I think they have a good squad as well. So I think he'll be he'll be judged on that as well um, in in this year. So yeah, as I said, I, I, I when I when I when I put my squad team on on um, on Twitter earlier, I think I left him out only for the mm-hmm. fact that KL Rahul is the more experienced one and he has shown that he, what he can do when he's in full flow. So, um, yeah, Surya still bats at three for me and um, KL Rahul coming in at four with Pant and Pandya and then Jadeja. We, we, we have forgotten Jadeja um, in all yeah, this. Yeah. So, um, he brings more to the table than I, I would say than Chahal as a, as a leg spinner. Jareja brings more to the table as a player, as a whole, than what Chahal brings um, as a leg spinner because Jareja definitely saves you at least 20, 25 runs in the field. At and he any, scores in and any score match. those runs for you too with the bat. Yeah, I think yeah that was, definitely. Us Aussies, definitely. we found that out in that T20 series last year where he scored 40-odd, <laughs> he got subbed out. <laughs> And then yes, yeah, Chahal came yeah, in top three. But, but Jadeja's right. he's been batting yeah. brilliantly, hasn't he, Jadeja? And absolutely, he's got to slot into this team somewhere too. So it's it's an incredible position you guys find yourselves in. Yeah, definitely. I think Jadeja is one player who has who has shown what he can do over the last few years because he started, I remember 2013-14, he was, he was trolled everywhere. Yes. You know, called Sir, Sir Jadeja and all the, all the names. But over the past three, four years, he has shown that he, he cannot be dropped from the, from the team. If he's fit to play, he plays. Uh, doesn't matter where it is. Um, and yeah, he with, coupled that with ballers like Bumra, Bhuvneshwar and Shami, I think the bowling department is all set. I mean... N- Natarajan, um, would you be as well? Like, um, Yeah, he's a good baller. Don't get me wrong. I mean, mm. he, he gives that left-hand option and... Um, Great Yorkers. He and Boomer at the death, that'll be tough to get away. That's very handy to have. Definitely. But then you, you also have the question of Mohamed Shami, who has been pretty spectacular over the last few years with white ball. So um, again, as I said, it's a good headache to have. So, But I, I, knowing Virat Kohli, he will go with the safe option of starting with Boomer, Shami and Bhuvneshwar if they are all fit and then put in Jareja and Washington Sundar who, who can bat as well, as we know, as Australians would know as well. So mm. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's looking like a pretty good side at this stage. From my perspective, what I've seen from India has been, they look to have sorted out some key issues. Like before the series, they're really struggling in the middle, in the middle overs of a T20 game. Their run rate was hovering around six, seven and over. In this series, when they got a good power play, especially in the last two matches, they scored upwards of 10 and over in those middle overs and they were very adventurous. So Virat Kohli spoke before the series about, you know, wanting to play a more attacking style of cricket. It failed in the first game, but they didn't back away from that. And it was in that middle overs period where India looked to sort that out. And I think Surya Kumiyadav being there, he's such a classical player, but can score at a very, very quick rate, really enables that. And it's the players you're leaving out as well that makes it really really hard for me to look past India as favourites for the World Cup. And for me, they're certainly the team to beat um, along with England up there. Um, What do you think there? Like, are you confident about your side, India, going forward? Um, You know, is England their greatest challenger? Who, Which other teams do you think 
uh, could uh, challenge in this World Cup coming up? I think, I think you rightly said that India would start it as favourites um, mm. for the World Particularly Cup. Particularly at home, uh, yeah. Yes, definitely. And and given the given the players that have been left out, someone like a Sanju Samson or even a Manish Pandey who can't you know who can't get into the side right now, it's um, scary. Then there's yeah. yeah. Then there's someone like Prithvi Shaw who scored a double hundred in the recently concluded one day domestic comp. Um, he just scored an upwards of eight hundred runs um, in seven yep. or eight matches, I think. So um, there's competition there, and the but the eleven is looking pretty settled i want to say um except that kl rahul spot um i would again point that out but yeah i think apart from india i would definitely say um england do have a good chance with their white ball performance over the last few years the Mm. way they have um prioritized white ball cricket um and the way they have changed their mindset regarding white ball cricket after the 2015 world cup yeah it's it, it has been brilliant um and yeah. the results are there so you you can't even argue that you know they don't back it up so apart, apart from those two teams i would i would safely say west indies have a big chance because yes can't underestimate you, them yeah 100% definitely it's t20 it's world mm. cup you you have to back west indies so it's at when some they point, um, so. bring all their players together the big guns come in um, like even in the recently concluded uh, T20 series against Sri Lanka, Fabian Allen was batting at number nine and hit, what, 18 or off a few deliveries to win the game for his side. So, yeah, their depth and their power is very scary too. You can't write them off. Um, so, absolutely. And, and if, we keep forgetting that in the in, against Sri Lanka, Andrew Russell wasn't in the team. So he wasn't add in the team, him exactly. The, yeah, add him to the 11 and it's, uh, you know, Brilliant. Uh, even someone like Carlos Braithwaite is there. So, mm. um, yeah, it's, it's, it, I would say India, England, and uh, West Indies have an equal chance, but India just edge ahead given the home advantage, I would say. Mm. Yep. Yep. And um, yeah, about England's, you know, Wapo Rice since 2015, I saw recently the anniversary of uh, the game that they were knocked out of that tournament. Um, and always the captions on social media that you see is Bangladesh won this game, a great moment in Bangladesh history. But I always look at it as a, as a day that sort of woke England up and said, this, enough's enough. We're going to completely transform uh, our white ball game. Um, and no, I agree with you there. They've been outstanding since uh, across ODI and T20 cricket. And yeah, they'll be up there. I think they showed me enough in this series as well that They've got a few questions to answer, which we'll touch on in a moment regarding their batting lineup, but they've got a lot of power and that carefree uh, attitude and that freedom of, um, especially with their batting that Owen Morgan encourages. And I think they'll be a very, very tough side to beat as well. My team, Australia, I think um, we've got talent. I was going to come to that. What are are your hopes there? To be honest with you, Okay, answer answer this question for yeah. me. Do you think Australia? So it's probably seven months before the World Cup starts mm. now. So do you think Australia has? Do they even know who their eleven players no. are? Apart from a couple, I would say. No. Apart from someone like a Maxwell, Finch, and a Warner. Um, and that was my point. That was the point I was going to make. Is that we rely going to we're going to rely a lot on those three. Um, we haven't really settled on a T twenty side for a long time. Um, and that's really disappointing for me because the big bash takes up such a significant part of the summer now where the Sheffield shield has suffered. 
yet the Big Bash takes up so long of the summer, but we still prioritise test cricket because even though there's a T20 World Cup later in the year, we still sent a full-strength squad to South Africa for that proposed tour that was cancelled. We still sent our full-strength side to South Africa, not to New Zealand for the T20. So it just goes to show that our, our priorities are still test cricket, which is fine. But, you know, that brings up a whole other issue of why is the Big Bash taking up such a, you know, big majority of the summer? And that probably comes down to, you know, the financial aspect of things. But it's pretty disappointing there. But I think Australia, we've got a lot of top order players working their way in the middle, middle uh, in the middle order. So I find that we, we still rely a lot on our top order, rely a lot on Glenn Maxwell. Um, I think Marcus Stoinis is certainly improving in the middle. But I think I'm worried in India if we're in a bit of trouble and the balls, you know, the spinners are working their magic and Stoinis has to come in and get set and hit straight away. That's a tough one. So we really have to sort out our combinations quickly. Um, I think the IPL is important for players to put their hands up. But if, if I had to pick, um, or if I had to say with my head who I think would win the tournament, I, I don't think, I, my heart says yes, but I don't think Australia can do it. Um, so I think the next obvious question is um, with Finch back in form, do yeah. you think there'll be any changes um, in the leadership? No, no, not, yeah. not now. Um, so close to the world cup. So yeah. they'll back him as long as he's in the side. He's a good captain, good leader. And he's done very well for Australia. So if you back him to stay in the side, he captains the side. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think, um, so would, would that would that be it? Those five teams, would you say India, England, West Indies, and Australia and New Zealand would be your five? You know, yeah, I five think picks? so. I think so. I think look, you can't um, count out a team like Pakistan. They're very dangerous on their yeah. day. They're unpredictable. But I think um, you know, there's teams that could cause problems as well, like uh, you know Afghanistan. I'm looking forward yeah. to watching them play. In the time, I don't think they can win it, uh, but I think they could cause a few problems here and there for, for teams. Um, even but, even a team like Sri Lanka would be would be you know dark horses. Um, Sri Lanka, uh, I think they've got a magnificent all rounder in Hasaranga. I'm just so incredibly impressed by him, but I just yeah. they lack the depth even in their eleven um, to be a, a proper threat to the tournament. Same with South Africa; they've got talent within their side, but there's just not enough depth and there's not enough. And, there to and it's a world sustain cup. The, and it's South Africa, so it's a different couple so of players now. Exactly, um, yeah, but that's a different can of worms we are trying to open. But that's just it. I mean, yeah. With those other teams, I think you're you're thinking they're going to rely on two or three players if they're going to do well. If those players don't do well, then they'll struggle. But yeah. the top teams, I was mentioning it with England. Jason Roy could fail. Josh Butler will fire or David Milan fails, Johnny Best, they will fight. And they always have those two or three plays, no matter who, that will come good. It's a fantasy cricket nightmare, but... <laughs> and and that's, that's the beauty of champion teams, isn't it? That, yeah. But that's, that's what used to happen when I used to, you know, when I used to watch for India in the late 90s, early 2000s, playing against I was the Australia. same watching you, Australia. I mean, you, you, you just couldn't, as a fan, you just felt hopeless at, you know, <laughs> uh, after one point. You just felt so... Yeah, uh, you know, you, it was like, why do we even care watching? Because you get you get Hayden out, there's Ponting. You get Ponting out, there's Steve Waugh. You get Steve Waugh, there's Damon Martin. So it, it was endless. So and nice and Glenn McGrath, Gillespie has a 200. So I mean, it's, that that's that's what makes 
champion teams, I think. And it, it goes across formats is what I believe. I think, mm. as you said, David Milan is out. You've got Bairstow. Bairstow is out. There's already Butler playing. Butler's Owen out. Morgan. Morgan. Owen Morgan didn't even yeah. have an influence on the series. Yeah. And we all know how good he is. Um, yeah. 100%. Like I came across a photo the other day of Dan McGrath, Shane Warne, Justin Langer, Hayden and Ponting sitting in the dressing room together. And I'm like, oh, please just take me back, man. Like Those were the days. Yeah. Like, And I put up a photo of, a couple of months ago, actually. It was a, a scorecard that I came across. And it was Adam Gilchrist and Damian Martin putting on a huge partnership against South Africa in a test match um, after Ponting's, the War Brothers, Hayden, Langer. You get all these guys out and then you have to deal with Gilchrist. So that's what we talk about when you've got a team that, that bats deep and that can get you from anywhere. Um, and that's why I feel with India now. And you've also, you know, I mean, going back to India, I mean, having Bhuvneshwar Kumar back in such form, that is a massive plus for you guys, isn't it? I honestly got, after watching that 50, 20, I got goosebumps, to be honest, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, because the way he bowled, uh, the, right from the getting, right from getting Jason Roy out, the second ball, and the way he, in, in, in a match where there's more than 400 runs, almost 400 runs scored, to bowl at that economy and to bowl like that, it's been, it's been magnificent. And I, I think I tweeted that India has missed, missed him so much. Mm. With, with injury and I, I just I, I was just wishing that he stays fit for the entire year and even for next year with the World Cup in Australia um, I think he he will be key he will be the key for, for the team mm. uh, we also had the pleasure of interviewing uh, Kez and Dan from We Cricket uh, on their take on the series as well as England Cricket so we're very glad here on the Crickblog podcast to have wonderful first up guests uh, guys from We Cricket, two hundred fifty thousand plus YouTube subscribers, great banter on social media, and the first ever guest on Crickblog podcast, as mentioned. So, pretty much reached the pinnacle now. Dan and Kez, welcome to the Crickblog podcast. Welcome, Dan and Kez. Thanks for having us. Glad uh, to be the. It's quite an achievement to be the first of any. Absolutely, you've reached the pinnacle it now. It really is. So. Yeah. It's, it's, if, you, if you think about it, it's kind of like the big three of the podcast here, India, Australia, and England. So yeah, All in one. It's, yeah, all in one at the same time, discussing well, we, India and England. Like so. Yeah, we've lost to both of you guys recently as well. So we're, yeah. um, we're doing well. We're doing well <laughs> from our English perspective. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what happened in that final T20? Look, I, I don't want to rub it in too much as an Aussie because... I think if we were in India right now, I'd be happy if we even won a game in the T20s, given their form. Um, what do you put that last game down to? And in terms of the series overall, you know, how do you feel about England in the T20 World Cup? Are you more or less confident going into that tournament? Kez, if you want to kick off. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, well, firstly, it was a really interesting series. The games got more exciting towards the back end of the, of the series as well. Mm. Um, India in their own conditions are always going to be a really, really difficult ch- uh, like, team to beat, aren't they? Um, but yeah. I, I really enjoyed the series. Uh, I don't really know how much I'll read into it in terms of, of the World Cup. I th- still think England are going to go into it. Um, maybe not as favourites, but right up there in terms of, of, of you know, trying to get to the final. I think it'd be a disappointment if they don't get to the final. Um, Still number one in the world, I think, unless the ICC have changed that ranking uh, in the last hour or so. But um, yeah, I don't know. We, we, we were on live stream pretty much the whole game or the whole game mm. uh, talking about kind of everything that was happening. And yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. But yeah, 
don't know if you want to answer that. Do you think England performed as well as you expected at the start of the series? Or exceeded your expectations? Uh, it's a 3-2 England. So I guess I doesn't look too good on me there, does it? Yeah. I think... I think everybody would have known that that series would have been close. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I think like yeah. the, the two the two sides are massive in white ball cricket at the moment, and I do think England are slightly stronger in the fifty over stuff than they are in the T Twenty stuff. Yes, I agree. Uh, yep. But that said, England have got some rhetorical questions to answer, haven't they? Like with who's going to open, where's Butler going to go, what are they going to do with Milan? I think everybody probably mm. knows the answer to it, but they, they seem to keep coming up, don't they? And just for the record, I absolutely love and adore David Milan, and I think he, should, I think he should stay stay in that sport. I mean, if if just seeing yesterday the way he played and the way England looked a different outfit when when he's in you know when he's in form, it's you know you need him in that in in that number three in the World Cup to have you know to have a better chance of reaching the finals and actually you know winning the World Cup as well. Is that how you he's, feel, guys? Uh, uh, Dan and Kez, like, is, Dav- is David Milan your number three in the World Cup? I mean, personally, I think, I think we know that Joe Root's not going to go. Mm-hmm. I think we, we know that. Um, I think if Joe Root was... If, if we weren't playing 78 test matches this year with a World Cup <laughs> and an Ashes and India at home and everything else that was going on, I think Joe Root would be there and I think they would have invested in Joe Root being England's number three. But we're in this position where we are, and David Milan's been brilliant for the for the last what two years now, three years, yeah. and he hasn't fluked his way to to world number one. Um, so I would I would stick with him. I think he's done brilliantly, and uh, I, there would be nothing would cross my mind to suggest that he wouldn't be the man at number three for us. Yep, I, I, I think that was going to be my question. Where do you think there is a way for Chiru to get into this T Twenty side? Chiru is a fantastic T Twenty player. Yeah. Yeah, he, really he is. is, and he is. His record speaks for you know, for that. So, what do I you think? think? He was, was he man of the tournament in 2016? Certainly, England's. I know he scored a load of runs and, and did well in the final as well, didn't he? Um, yeah. I think the only question mark really for me is is Ben Stokes. Um, I feel like Ben Stokes would work well at three, um, and I don't have a problem with Milan. But in terms of like England's balance and the balance of their side and trying to get the most out of their, you know, out of the Ben Stokes that we've seen you know, in world tournaments and in really big moments. I think that's the only question mark for me. I know Milan's got an amazing record and he's done very well. But yeah, I don't know if England are getting the best out of Stokes uh, down there at number six and number five, really, at the moment. Yeah. Um, so coming back to Ben Stokes now, do you think yes, in yesterday's game or, you know, today night's game, I should say, um, do you think he should have come up the order given the situation? Probably come, uh, you know, come before Bairstow. I mean, to be honest with you, at the point that it, we were 130 for two with 10 overs left to go, it was a bit of a thankless task for anybody going in there. Like to, to go in there from ball zero and have to try and score 12 to 15 runs per over, it's going to be pl- pretty difficult for whoever. Um, but, but given the situation, if, if, if the opposition sees Bairstow coming in um, or they see a Stokes coming in, the reaction is going to be different um, because they're two completely different players. So Stokes might actually play with the you know, mind of the opposition and actually, you know, the opposition may make more mistakes. 
I reckon Besto's capable of doing that. He's a terrific white ball player. So, do you guys, as, as non Englishmen, then view Ben Stokes as this kind of enigma type character that that is going to do the ridiculous against you guys? Then, like, is there that real psychological kind of Ben Stokes factor that you have to head, worry about? Headingly head, head is the uh, prime example for us. Well, yeah, but he um, doesn't do it every day, does he? No, I understand yeah, but that. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, he doesn't do it every day. And I, I, as you said, I do uh, see him as that player who, you know, will make the captain and the team do, you know, some changes in their, in their tactics maybe because he, he's kind of player that can throw all your plans out of the window like that. Mm. So um, cu- him coming before Besto and partnering up with Milan at that stage. And if Stokes was in full form, he could have, maybe taken the game more closer than it was. And Very yes, to answer your question, I think as, as non-Englishmen, we do <laughs> see him as that, you know, as that player yeah. who, can, who, who can play against your side at, on any given day hmm. and take the game away from you. So. so it's a fair point from Kez. Like, yeah, find, if, if possible, find a, a high position for, uh, for Stokes in the World Cup. But, but it's a tough one because Milan's got that magnificent record. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, look, I think for both sides, uh, India and England, have got an embarrassment of riches and they've actually got decisions to make in terms of which good player do we slot in which position because you've got a lot of options. Um, and it made for a good series in the end. And I think that's why those two sides uh, look good in terms of being uh, T20 World Cup favourites and being there right at the back end of the tournament. So, um, um, yeah. yep. So, Dan and Kez, for England, from an England perspective... Did any player uh, surprise you in the series? I thought um, Mark Wood was particularly impressive, particularly in the early parts of that series. Um, you guys feel the same? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's quite funny when he played in South Africa, he was running up and bowling waist dive full tosses and everyone yeah. on Twitter was telling everybody that Mark Wood's a crap T20 bowler. Mm. Uh, and now he's bowling 96 mile an hour rockets and, and bowling really ni- nicely. He didn't bowl very well today, but um, you know that's just the way it goes. But yeah, the other four games, he was he was electric, he was accurate, and the Indian players genuinely they didn't look scared, but they they definitely looked uncomfortable against that pace mm. and that accuracy. And yeah, he probably did surprise a few people really, just how good he was. I think oh. but it was exciting to watch. It's hard to look past him, isn't it? As a as a standout, I think Rashid. Now, I think you know what you're going to get from Adil Rashid. Yeah, and yeah. Is he the best limited overs wrist spinner in the world at the moment? I mean, he's, he's going to be right up there. He, he might not be the best. Rashid Khan's obviously going to be another one that's going to be up there and Adam Zampa as well. But he, nothing seems to kind of phase him. He kind of turns up and he does his job. But kind of goes about it quite quietly, actually, um, mm. and comes away with brilliant figures every time he plays. He's been, a key, well. yeah, he's, yeah, he's been a key man in your white ball rise the last five, six years, hasn't he, Rashid? Mm. Yeah, I, I didn't expect him to bowl in the first six either, to mm. be honest. It was a bit of a shock in that first one that, that kind of Morgan opened up with him. So, yeah, I think, like you say, it just kind of proved the quality that was there, really, didn't it? Um, that, that he can do that as well. Um, and also, I think, do you think Rashid missed another spinner from the other end as a partnership? Um, and do you think, coming back to Joe Root, I absolutely love him, but... Do you think Joe Root would provide that off-spinner option as well um, if, he, if he was to play in this T20 side? I just want especially, Sorry, especially given that the World Cup is in India. 
Yeah, yeah. I think, I think when you look at Sam Curran today, I think it's fair to say that he was underutilized. Um, mm. Would a finger spinner have bowled more than one over today? Probably. If he'd have been yeah. whacked for 11 in the first, then maybe not. I, I guess you do have that strength with Stokes that you can pick and choose who you want to, who you want to bowl. But I think a finger spinner would be the more traditional, possibly sensible, possibly logical choice in India rather than a left arm seamer. Depends mm. on the left-handers, I think. Mm. If, yeah. if India would have opened with a left-hander, then maybe, or they knew that they were going to open with a left-hander, then maybe Moeen would have bowled more. But because they just got a load of right-handers, I think they're pretty scared. I don't think Moeen's record either in T20 internationals of late is, is very good either. So I don't think they trust Moeen that much. And I think we've seen that. I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't got a game though, to be honest. Yeah, I think it would have been yeah, good to, was... yeah, it would have been good to get him in and see how he goes in these conditions. But definitely, I think they'll wait if, if the pitchers don't turn square in the World Cup or if there's a particular surface that's pretty good for batting. I don't know. You're right. I don't know if you'll get a, you'll get a spot in that 11. The IPL will be big for him. Depends if he plays much there. Mm, yeah, it's true. I know he's been picked up, but whether he'll, he'll play. I know he didn't play much for RCB, did he? But I, I think he should play quite Look, a bit. Look, I think given, for the, given the price he went for, um, for Chennai, mm. I, think they'll, I think they'll have to play him. They'll yeah, find definitely. a spot for him. Yeah. He should do. He's an expensive drinks mixer otherwise, isn't he? He 100%. 100%. 100%. So, so coming back to Sam Curran, so you think he's, he was underutilized this series and you don't think that he actually doesn't have a spot in the 11. So you think he plays in the 11 if he's utilized properly? It's a tough That's, question you're asking. Yes, you can, <laughs> you can go for it, mate. I don't want to answer this one. But he's definitely not. He's not, it's not like he's not capable. He's a, talent, he's a very talented player and he gets utilized mm. in a load of different roles. And he's, he's definitely good. He just, he just, for whatever reason, and when he has bowled, he's bowled okay, to be honest. He bowled that really, yeah, but, really nice over to KL Rahul, uh, that, that wicket maiden. Uh, and batting down at seven, eight and nine. I mean, he kept getting dropped down the order. Mm. Um, I don't know, like, unless England have a really shocking start, he's not going to get much of a bat anyway. But it does seem kind of weird to, to bowl him one over and then have him down there and, and not really doing much. But I don't know, someone's got about seven, I guess, haven't they? But you just expect him to bowl more overs. Yeah, I think, I think it'll be interesting to see what Chennai decide to do with them both. I mean, they are both still at Chennai, aren't they? Well, not still, but yeah. one's at Chennai and one's still there. And obviously, Dhoni, you, you can't get much better of a, of a T20 captain than, than MS Dhoni, as much as we try and like to wind people up about it all. But mm. um, it's going to be interesting to see what Chennai do with them, because they probably are the same kind of player, if that makes sense. They probably are that kind of lower middle order player that, that's yep. going to fit not fill in but that's that's not going to be your first choice bowler and if if we see one being picked over the other at number seven i don't know how much kind of england would look into that as to as to their world cup plans but good point i don't know it'd be interesting good point yeah so yeah going back to that price probably got to prefer moeen but sam Mm -hmm. curran was excellent for them last season so it could potentially go both, but I don't he know. He was opening, wasn't he? their team balance. Uh, for a little while there, yeah. Yeah. He was yeah, opening yeah, their bowling right. and Emma Stoney was full of praise for him. So, interesting call. Uh, it's one to keep an eye out for. And again, it comes down to England's depth and who they put where and how, they, how quickly they construct yeah. their combinations going forward. He was, he was the baby player in Chennai squad of probably all over 50. <laughs> <laughs> all veterans. Yeah. Um, and yep. Yeah. 
yeah. it's not going to be any different this year. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but coming back to the England squad now, do you think, do you, can you think of any additions or subtractions from the current squad for the T20 World Cup? Hales is the elephant in the room, isn't he? Mm, yeah. um, we're going to ask you about that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think, unless there's injuries, I think he's the only guy that, that's, the, that's where the question is. I can't see people like Banton or Salt or Parkinson or... I can't, I can't Sam see Billings really or well. Topley. Yeah, mm, I, just, yeah. I don't think he walks in there. Whereas I think Hales possibly does slide himself in there if they decide to pick him again where he fits I've got no idea because I mean mm. he's another one of these blokes that could bat anywhere and I mean England have got too many people that can bat in their top five anyway so mm. it's 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 a good headache to have it's a good headache to yeah. have I would say and so quite let's talk about Alex Hales for a while do you think he's still being shunned for what he did or there simply isn't a spot anymore Probably a bit of both, isn't there, Kev? Mm, I um, think so. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see if he gets a go in the summer. Um, I think, but I, the, the, his—I mean, he did amazingly well in the BBL. He—he's one of those players that that can play those insane, amazing innings in the in the big big tournaments. That you know would be amazing. I I would I would pick him. I'd love to see him back. Um, but it'd be really interesting to see if he actually does come back and and whether Morgan's going to allow him back into his team. Um, but I think he has to, if he, if he's available and if Morgan is, is wants him back and is happy to have him back, mm. he has to be in the squad. He has to be in the squad. At least he just has to be, he's, he's that good. Yeah. Because I think I was reading, um, I was actually watching an interview from Ed Smith a few days ago where he did say that there is a chance of him coming back and they will look at him in the summer. So, you know, he's, he has something to go on now from the, from the, you know, chairman of selectors. So, it's just a matter of Morgan actually going and saying, okay, mm. you know, I, I, I trust this bloke now. And then probably I want him in my, in my squad going forward. Um, and as, as you rightly pointed out, he's kind of a player, you know, who can make that impact from, from ball one. And, um, and honestly, I don't know what your thoughts are on Jason Roy, but I, I sometimes don't see him as a player who can play under serious pressure. Mm. I may be completely wrong, um, but that's that's my impre- you know impression of him. What, yeah, what do you guys? Think? What do you think of Roy? Like, he feels he's reliable um, enough to deliver in, in the in the really big games in the T Twenty World Cup. Well, I mean, based on his two thousand and nineteen World Cup performances, if if we get the World Cup, Jason Roy, then then mm. yeah, I mean, we looked dead and buried, didn't we, when we were opening up with James Vince for those couple of games when Roy had a had a bit of a sore hamstring. Good shot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his forms his form had definitely dropped off uh, in the build up to this India series. He's had a couple of good scores in this mm. in this one. I mean. I don't think he's going to look back too fondly upon that that kind of horrible hack across the line against Bhuvaneshwar Kumar mm. uh, today. But but he's got a couple of nice 40s there today. And yeah, I think he probably would be. But at the same time, Hales would would fit in that gap, wouldn't he? If there was a gap, if there was one. Yeah, it was an absolute so, pleasure to have Hales here in the T20 World. Uh, sorry, in the Big Bash. Um, and just It was a big surprise to me that no IPL franchise thought we could use him in our squad. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah, um, there are a lot of surprises in the IPL, to be honest. But um, 
Um, yeah, and I think it's interesting with Alex Hales because there's there isn't a player in the in the past few years who has been probably shunned from the team by the selectors for you know for so long um, after after probably the last one comes to mind is Kevin Peterson again. But um, uh, yeah, and I think I would love to see him in India, you know, for the T20 World Cup and mm. with, with probably even, you know, smaller grounds, um, so some, at least some grounds that are small and um, he can hit a long ball. So it will be, it will be f- interesting to see if he makes, makes the comeback. And I think as you, as you said, probably Jason Roy is the only place he can slot himself in. So um It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, they yeah, whatever reason they haven't wanted him back. But then at the same time, England have been winning a lot of white ball cricket, so mm. they haven't. If if we hadn't been as successful over the last three years, then I'm sure this question would have been a would have been maybe a bit louder, and maybe we might have seen him by now. But it's, it's, a, it's a good yeah. shout. I mean, England, you guys can have two or three players in each position almost. So. There's always going to be chat of who else could come in potentially, but yeah. Um, now I also want to touch on a bit of the Test cricket stuff, um, given what happened in the oh, Test no. series. I don't, I don't want to let that slip, but no. But, but yeah, a question is: I've just finished my counselling. I'd nearly forgotten. That. <laughs> look, I'll, I'll go easy. Look, we're, we're not in the World <laughs> Test Championship final either. We lost at home to India, so look, I've got no reason to gloat. But <laughs> but but a better question I wanted to ask was. I was thinking if the World Test Championship final was 10 years ago, right? And Andy Flower was at the helm, Andrew Strauss was at the helm, England top of the tree in Test cricket, and you guys missed out on the World Test Championship final back then, would there have been a significantly greater uproar than there has been this time around? Has England's rise in white ball cricket um, just maybe taken their focus off Test cricket a little bit? <laughs> That's a difficult question. Well, the thing is, as well, we we kind of sniffed that victory in 2019, haven't we? So we're kind of like, okay, we can do this now. Mm. So the the focus has gone on it. England haven't been too bad in Test cricket. Okay, they haven't made it to the final, but they've definitely improved in yeah. Test cricket over the last couple of years. They they have. Um, but that that is a tricky question. I mean, we have we are starting to to see improvements in that Test side. Mm. Going away to India is, you know, it's an absolute nightmare. And so oh, so many tough. of those batters yeah. were so young. They're so young and and obviously haven't been in those conditions and so bored of saying it but that is just the way it is and hopefully next time they go down there it'll be a better it'll be a different story i doubt it but it might be Mm. um but that is just it's just so difficult playing in yeah just just for me who comes to mind is like johnny besto like he was a very was pretty solid test batsman a few years back but now it's like bold and lbw quite a bit um, but he, he's another one who just gets shunted up and down the order. One minute he's a keeper, then he's in at mm. four, then he's opening in, no, and then he's batting at three in Sri Lanka, and then he's back out the team. And then it's like they don't. Yeah. It's, it's where, it, in, in his, in his one day stuff, the reason he's been successful is probably because he's a better one day player, but also because he knows his role. And, mm. he's, and he bats in one position. He's not one minute down at six, and then, and then he's opening, he opens with Roy, and, and that's his role. Whereas in Test cricket, yeah, he hasn't done very well, and he's got some True. issues, and he's been exposed a number of times, but he's been. So with like so many other England players have been moved up and down and, and mm. messed about so many times. And even in that series, he was sent home and then he was back and everyone is yep. expecting him to score hundreds. It's like, it's not, it's just not going to happen guys. You've got to give this guy a chance. Yeah. 
I think that's the thing I was thinking as well, like going back years and years ago, like would England pick a test series to rotate players over a white ball series? So it's like priorities for me have definitely changed um, for you guys. I mean, Dan, did you have a, did you have a viewpoint on that? Uh, I mean, I'm probably kind of teaching you guys to suck eggs, but it's nice to be the best in the world. Um, and I know, I know the memes will come and go, you've only won it on a boundary count and you only won it because the ICC changed the rules for you and he cheated and all of this stuff. But, but it is nice. And I'm sure from an Australian perspective, when you've won World Cups, and I'm sure from an Indian perspective, when you've won World Cups, you're sitting there going, it's nice to be the world champions. And it really is a nice feeling. Like in my lifetime, I've seen England win the Cricket World Cup and I've mm. seen England win the Rugby World Cup in 2003. And that's it. In terms of team sports, no, not quite. Um, <laughs> and that, that's it. So it is genuinely nice to see mm. it. But it, I think it probably has and did come as a sacrifice, didn't it, to, to the test cricket for that period of time. Yeah, look, for Nash and I, it's great because we actually won our finals in the World Cup. So we, mm. it was always a very good feeling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we did enough. We did enough. That's all that counts. <laughs> Just look, that. On, look on the trophy. The rules that's are the rules. Uh, exactly. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> No, you're right. The next question would be the one-day series, um, mm. starting in a couple of days again. Um, thoughts? Any uh, any expectations? Any any players you want to you know you want people to watch out for? Um, I know squad hasn't been announced yet, if I'm correct, um, but I think it's pretty locked in, yeah, unofficially. So everyone's in a bubble, I guess. So whoever's there is, yeah. I think, in the squad, I guess. Yep. So, um, yeah, what do, you, what do you guys think about the one-day one day series? Go on, Kes. You love one-day cricket. <laughs> I do love one. Uh, <laughs> I genuinely haven't given it much thought. It's really weird. I would have probably preferred more T20s to happen, actually, with you know, the world, the ODI stuff not happening for a while. But I'd like to see some other guys get given a go, the guys that have been sat on the sidelines for so mm. long. Um, it'd be nice to see uh, Reese Topley and, and Moeen and, and other people come into the side. Uh, with Joe Root not at three as well, they're going to have to find somebody to to do that role, aren't they? So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, kind of how it goes. They're probably the games will probably last about fifteen hours because of the the over rates and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to that. Can't wait to watch all of that. Um, the ball from that, the empty stands. That's <laughs> exactly. like that one. That's tough. Yeah. yeah, that's not fun, is it? But yeah, is Jofra Archer? I think he's been rested for it, hasn't he? So it's an opportunity for exactly someone yeah, else so to come be a in. Chance. Mm. And there should be really. Yeah, I think that appreciation for Joe Root also shows even how important Steve Smith would be for Australia from a whiteboard perspective. Having that sort of player in your team can um, make a big difference. So um, decisions for Australia to make there. But I think going on this series, what I've seen, India and England look good. I think the West Indies is a team um, that could cause problems for, for other sides in the World Cup. I mean... Dan and Kez, if you had to look at outside of India and England in the T20s, uh, T20 World Cup, who would be um, your biggest threats outside those two sides? I know we're a few months away, but um, yeah, sort of from what from there's, what you guys say. There's so many teams, isn't there, that that there's can loads. that can win that? I mean, New Zealand are never going to be far away. Mm. Australia, as much as I'd love to see them get dumped out early, like they're going to be there. Like they Warner are. and Finch at the top, they're, that's just power and destruction. I expect, you to be, I expect you to be quiet on Twitter if that happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Pakistan as well. Like nobody knows what they're going to turn up. Well, they always turn mm. up for a major tournament, don't they? But I mean, nobody really knows. And like you say, the West Indies are getting the band back together. So. Mm. 
for one last for one last kind of gig, maybe the Windies can pick up another trophy. Yeah, it'll so be it's interesting safe to say we are not. Yeah. yeah, it's safe to say we're not considering South Africa being a World Cup. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, South unless, African fans. Not unless something massive changes. But it's hard. And it's the hard. bat in all eleven positions. <laughs> I think everyone have to cut for phone in sick, wouldn't they, for South Africa to to win yeah. it? And even <laughs> then, they'd probably find a way of ruining it. They've had, they've, had, lose, they've had some magnificent teams in the past in ODI and T20 World Cups and they fell short. So it's hard to see why that will change now when they've got a lot of inexperience in there. But hmm. T20 is a funny game and you never know. Kez, do you have any teams that outside of India and England that uh, it's look good to you? Always there. Their, their batting is, is hmm. really strong. They're they absolutely smash it, don't they? But I know they're in a similar position with England where they, they struggle maybe a little bit more with the bowling. Um, I would love to see, if it wasn't England, I'd love to see West Indies win it. I mm. think it would be great to have all of those guys back. And they're going to be really strong as well. Like the fact that they yeah. kind of just, every four years or however long, however frequent these T20 things are now these days, they just sort of mumble back in together and, and do that's really well. When they, yeah, is, that's when they take it serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't care about these sort of bilateral things. Correct, because yeah, they're always like low in the rankings in, in the T20 yeah. rankings. They but sneak up on everyone. They sneak up on everyone, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But there's so many teams that could win it. It's going to be great. Yeah. Last thing. Yep. Quick prediction on the one-day series. 3-0, uh, no, England. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing that from now on. I'm going full Glenn McGrath. <laughs> I don't care. Because I know I'm going to get it wrong, so I might as well die sort of with a bit of... Well, I don't know. It's going to come back to bite me for sure. But Why not? It's entertaining. I've had a bit yeah. of fun with it. It's entertaining, yeah. <laughs> and it's easy as well. I don't have to think about it then. I could just yeah, go 3-0. Cheers. <laughs> uh, Dan? I can't follow that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be like close again, again. It's going to be close again. Uh, surely England are going to win something this, this tour, aren't they? So Got I'll, it, say, I'll say 2-1 England, but, but India have looked stronger and stronger and some of those kind of I'll say in inverted commas, fringe players that have had a little go here, Ishan Kishan and Surakuma Yadav and Shreyas Iyer and people like that have looked bloody good. And Rishab's going to be exciting as well. So it's going to be, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. Embarrassment of I'm, Honestly, I'm going to win England as well. So um, I'll stay safe and say 2-1 two, one, two, one either way. That's what it'll be. That's not a prediction, is it? That's, that's not a prediction. That's no, just a cop out as mine is. It's a cop out. <laughs> Look, I think, look, you'll probably Joffre not being there. Maybe England might yeah. rest a few just to manage workload in a big year. Probably have India favourites as a result. Joe isn't playing, is he? Joe Root's not going to go out for three ODIs, is he? I don't think know. So. I don't think no. so. I'd really be surprised if he did. I'd be surprised well, too. I don't know. Uh, good, good, thing, good, good thing is Sam Billings might get a goal. So. And he he's well quality player. Actually. Yeah. He did really well in the summer. Very good yeah. when chasing scores he's been yeah. very impressive yeah, so well. it's a good opportunity for those England guys so you never know but I think yeah maybe you rest a few players there just to manage where you got a massive year 17 tests you know some teams don't play that in a decade so you've got to you've got to yeah sort of manage <laughs> your workload and this is probably an opportunity to do that so that's probably yeah I'll, I'll say India 2-1 so nice. You can't so, get hate on social media if you say things like keep that. Keep your so. job long there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I'll say England are a chance and you'll probably win. So it's like, you know, I, I avoid the abuse. <laughs> yeah, but I'll avoid there. Twitter after my prediction, I think. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, Dan, Kez from We Cricket, thank you guys so much for 
for coming on. I know it's a Saturday night for you guys and you probably have better things to do than to chat to you guys on the internet. Um, so no, we really appreciate your time and um, all the best for the ODI series. No, it's coming from an Aussie and um, all the best going forward and looking forward to those ashes later in the year. I'm sure we'll talk closer to that. Yep. Thank you guys. Thank you for coming on. No worries. Thanks for having us. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see you in Australia as well. All things falling into place. We, we might get out there. So that would be Awesome. That'll be lovely. Let's yep. stay in touch. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. So it was absolutely brilliant to to catch up with the with the Ray Cricket guys. Um, you know, and it was it was nice of them to catch up with us so soon after England's defeat. But I think I think in their mind they know that England will be right up there. Um, yes. You know, challenging for the yeah. title later in the year. So uh, Nash, there's been quite a bit of other international crew going on at the moment. Um, New Zealand, Bangladesh, the first ODI that happened there. Uh, West Indies, Sri Lanka, we had the first day of the first test overnight. I just wanted to touch on Shakib Al-Hassan's comments regard, uh, against the Bangladesh cricket board. I don't know if you saw it, Nash, but um, he actually ripped into the BCB about misrepresenting him. Um, and he also spoke about the BCB not doing enough to ensure that players are coming through the ranks and that there are good replacements to go into the national team. And we saw that in the first ODI against New Zealand. Um, I was watching a bit of that on Saturday morning as the rain tumbled in Sydney and it continues to tumble right now. New Zealand, that was a training run for them. And Bangladesh is a side for me. The potential was there a few years ago. They've done some good things, but, you know, with the core group of their players getting older, like Shakib, Tami Mikbal, Mushfika Rahim, they're all getting a lot older now. Um, they're going to be finishing up soon. Mashrafi Mortaz has finished up. What's the BCB doing um, to, um, to make sure that they've got players coming in and they're not doing anything? So I think your cricket board is so important in making sure you're getting that talent coming through. And um, Shakib is one of my favourite ever cricketers. I'm always on his side when he's um, speaking about the BCB. What's your take? Yeah, I think he he as you said, he's the player from Bangladesh, isn't he? Yeah. If you, it's he's like, I would say Steve Tikolo of Kenya. You mm. you you associate Bangladesh cricket with Shakib. Um, mm. So he, uh, as you said, 100. percent I love him as well as a, as a cricketer, as a person. Um, He's been magnificent for Bangladesh over the last over the, over the last few years. So, the, the problem I think what has happened from what I've what we have seen in the news and what we have read, I think the board tries too much. You know, there's micromanagement in there, yeah. um, and they try to go overboard with um, with the management of the team. I think um, they'll, what they'll do, what they'll do, they'll always throw. Their players and the coach under the bus at any opportunity. So exactly, what they do, they'll always exactly. try to deflect the blame on themselves. I said it after the, the Bangladesh West Indies test series a few, a few weeks ago, right? Where West Indies with a severely weakened team, they went over to Bangladesh and won the series 2-0. Yeah. You got the president of the BCB coming out and slamming the coach and slamming the captain. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I even predicted that on Twitter before I saw it. So before the interview came out, I said, you're going to see the BCB come out they probably sack the coach as they always do. They'll probably change the captain, but it starts with your domestic structure. It's, it's non, it's yeah, non-existent it there for a cricket crazy country. 
It's non-existent. So for me, Shakib is spot on with his comments. The Bangladesh board to go forward have got to look at themselves first. And I think Shakib is spot on there. Um, you know, maybe our listeners might have a different opinion on that, but I think instead of throwing players under the bus, they've got to look at themselves first. Um, touching on New Zealand, I mean, no real surprises there. They were efficient. Trent Bolt at it again. Uh, four wickets for him. I thought all the others I, bowled I, very I, well. I would, I would call... I would go as far as saying it was just a practice match for New yeah, Zealand. Yeah, 100%. Honest. It's um, the training session. So, Nash, we've also seen some other international career going on, West Indies, Sri Lanka, and Jason Holder in his first test match since being relieved with the captaincy. He started in brilliant fashion. So, at the time of recording, day one had ended uh, before day two starts. Uh, West Indies knocking over Sri Lanka for 169 and Jason Holder with Pfeiffer. Um, yes, any surprises there for you? I think, you know, Sri Lanka struggles with the bat against the West Indies who are pretty handy with the ball at home. You know, usually not easy to face those Windies bowlers in their own conditions. I didn't really have any surprises there. No, I don't think so. I think West Indies in their, in their own conditions over the last few years has been, have yeah. been really good. Um, they also troubled India um, with a few, with a few um, good period of cricket. So, um, yeah, I think Jason Older, I mean, I, I love him as a cricketer. So he's, he's yeah. really good with the bat, with the ball. He's just an overall all, all-round cricketer. Um, really happy for him with the five first. Yeah, so um, a tough uh, one for Sri Lanka there. They've got to find a way to fight back in that test match, but it'll be a remarkable effort if they do come back and win it. But uh, West Indies from here. I also wanted to, to touch on um, one of my favourite commentators, Ishigua. Uh, was crowned best female cricket commentator um, last week, and I think I think she's the best cricket she, commentator. Period. Yeah. Not you know what? That's a good shout as well. I would I would agree with you. I'd have her right up there with Ian Bishop and and uh, you know um, yes. Ian Smith. Ian and Smith. Guys. She's she's a fantastic. Harsha yep. I think she's a fantastic caller, man. Like Paul Isha had to sit with like the likes of Mark War and Shane Warne when they were carrying on in that New Zealand Australian series, but she held herself well. Now she's fantastic. Kerry O'Keefe. She's uh, fantastic. Oh, I like Kerry. Um, I don't think he was there in that series from memory, but um, I think Isha's done a, oh, she's a fantastic caller and, you know, she thoroughly deserves the accolade. Yeah. So now to touch on, on a bit of women's cricket, um, South Africa is having an absolutely outstanding time in, uh, in your India, Nash. Um, yeah, the, the Indian men's yes, side's it's... going well, uh, but it's not the same for the women's. Uh, before we touch a little bit on South Africa's excellence, um, what's going on with, with India, do you think? I think it's just lack of match practice. I think they have, this is mm. the, the one-day series was the first game they played after, after the Cricket World Cup last year um, in Australia. So it's, it's just a bit of, you know, once they once they have good six seven matches in them, I think they'll be a pretty pretty good side again. And and yeah, we talk about you know they're an international side. They need to be fit. They need to be yeah. um, you know they need to be at on the top of their game always. But you know it, it has been a tough year tough year for everyone, and you can't you can't ignore that fact. So uh, these girls have really uh, after the World Cup that they had. 
not playing any cricket, being in lockdown, not doing anything uh, related to cricket, well, mm. it must be tough on their on me- on their uh, mental health. So it's what they do. It's they play cricket and not not doing something that you love for so such a long time, and then again mm-hmm. stepping on the field and playing against a side like South Africa. Um, and then playing two T20s in two nights, I think it's going to be tough. So mm-hmm. I think all the criticism of, you know, what, what are these women players doing? I think it's, um, it's unwarranted for. So uh, just give them a bit of time. I think they'll come good. Do you think the BCCI could be doing more for the Indian women's game, do you think? Oh, definitely. I think um, the, the start was with the Challenger Series, which just played... Uh, before the IPL finals, the four team yeah. challenger series, um, sorry, the th- three team challenger series. So I think that's a good start, but I think playing IPL, women's IPL, I think India is ready. I think it's time. Um, like, like even the last night's game, I think it was watched by over a hundred thousand people in India. I think that's a lot that would not have happened a few years ago for women's games. So yes, it's right up there. And, BCCI can do a lot more than they do currently. Mm. Um, it's it's yeah, it's interesting because how much is you know they, they haven't done a lot over the last few years, but the results that have that have been shown by the by the women cricketers have has been really brilliant. Reaching the 2017 World Cup final, reaching the 2020 T20 mm. World Cup final. Um, the potential is there. The, ta- the, the talent is there yes, for sure. Definitely, it's about nurturing definitely. that. And, yeah, yeah. Someone like Shefali Verma, who is oh, know, yeah. seventeen. Some, yeah, someone like Jamima Rodriguez, who is nineteen, twenty. I mean, Shefali, Shefali Verma, Shefali Verma, in my opinion, is going to really help transform the women's game even more. She's fantastic. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah fair point. I think I, I take similar views to you. I think. You know, for a while there in lockdown, you know, we heard from the women's cricketers that they don't know when their next series is going to be. So it's really hard to train and prepare for nothing, to be honest. Like it's, you're training, but you don't know when your next game is. So that's difficult. Um, but I think from um, a South African perspective, we don't want to take credit away from what they're achieving over there. Look, a tour of India is, is never mm-hmm. easy. And the performances of Lizelle Lee in particular – Shabnim Ismail with the ball. Um, we had Laura Warvart, who was the player of the match in the most recent game. So they've had some fantastic contributors right the way down their lineup. And it's great to see for South Africa fans who've, um, you know, had it a bit difficult in recent times with their men's team and with everything going on, um, you know, with their, with their cricket board. To see their women's team performing well is great to see. And, and going forward, if they continue to do that, they might really challenge for, for higher honours in, in global tournaments. Who knows? So it's really good to see them doing well. And um, I think they'll take a lot of confidence from this. Now, um, we'll talk more about women's cricket in our next podcast. Uh, next week, uh, we've got a very special guest, uh, Pop Increase uh, South Africa, um, to talk uh, to talk all things uh, South African cricket. And we'll also touch on yes. women's cricket and their success in India as well. So we're looking forward to that. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on as well as uh, sitting at home in, um, in rain-soaked Sydney, um, it was raining wickets in Tasmania in the Sheffield Shield. New South Wales bowled out for 32 uh, over the weekend 
in their Sheffield Shield game against Tasmania. Jackson Bird took seven for 18. Um, and it was pretty remarkable stuff. Um, on a pitch that had a little bit in it for the bowlers. I think I had a couple of Indian fans coming up to me and saying, oh, how's the pitch? Is it going to be, is it going to be scrutinized by Twitter and then look at the ICC of being poor? But New South Wales have got a lot of plays in that side looking to prove a point, like the likes of uh, Curtis Patterson and Daniel Hughes and these guys. The likes of Warner and Smith weren't playing, but to be bowled out for 32 is a real concern for New South Wales here at home. And um it was a pretty sh- a big shock to, to a lot of um, fans, uh, particularly here in Australia. Um, Tasmania then taking a 490-odd run lead and then um, bowling New South Wales out for 194 in the second inning. So with Trent Copeland, the bowler, um, scoring the most runs. Um, so disappointing for New South Wales. I think for us, we want to see... We wanna see um, those players, you know, who want to make a, a name for themselves when the opportunity is there, they need to take them, especially when conditions are challenging for batting. That's when you really need to show good technique. Too many dismissals, uh, loose shots, playing out in front of the body with hard hands. So, you know, from an Australian perspective, we don't want to see, you know, we've been seeing a lot of big scores recently in Sheffield Shield, 500s and stuff like that. Um, and then you see a 30 all out. So, what we want to see when conditions are difficult for batting is players really knuckling down and um, really digging deep, which is what we didn't necessarily see against India in the Test Series defeat, and that was really costly. So we need to really fix that from an Australian perspective. Yep. When do you think Tim Payne will score 100? Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath. But as long as, yeah, he's, look, as, as, long as he's contributing... As long as he's contributing down the order for Tassie and for Australia, look, doesn't have to be a century down there. So, but I won't hold my breath when it comes to a century. I'll, I'll, I'll Ever since Gilchrist, expectations have exactly. Isn't that right? like, I can say, yeah. expectations like Tim Payne, statistically one of Australia's best batsmen uh, for a minimum of twenty innings in terms of keeper batsmen. Yeah. But because Gilchrist set the bar so high, we compare the keeper batsman that we have to Gilchrist. And that's, that's correct. Ne- it's never fair. All right, Nash. So I think we'll move to our last segment of the podcast, which is Ask Crick Blog. Um, we'll go through a, a couple of questions that we received from fans here on Twitter. Um, now, there's been a few very good ones. Uh, some topics that we've touched on a bit in the podcast, um, but we'll, we'll cover it off in a little bit more detail in this, in this segment before we finish off. Um, so Debashis Serangi uh, at Plum underscore in front on Twitter sent through a question, um, which is a good one. Is there any chance for Usman Kawaja in the Australian team um, in any format? Now, I'll, I'll answer this one first. Uh, I was very, very strong in my view uh, about Usman Kawaja being uh, the opener for Australia in the Test Series against India. Um, Australia missed a massive opportunity to bring him back for two reasons. Given his record at home, he averages over 50 in test matches here in this country. Um, And he's done very good things for Australia when he's opened the batting in test cricket. We all remember that innings in Dubai against uh, Pakistan to help save that test. They really missed the boat. Now, I don't know if Usman Khawaja's got problems with Justin Langer. Um, I remember in that test documentary, we saw Usman Khawaja have a little bit of a standoff with Langer, but Usman said he's, he's denied that and he says he's got a good relationship with Langer. But 
Australia have really missed that opportunity. Going forward, Australia have to consider Usman Khawaja as a potential opener, particularly for the Ashes here at home, because we're really struggling to find an opening partner at the moment for David Warner, and I think Khawaja's the man. Strong opinion there. I think time will tell. Next question from Um, Minty at MickeyMick17. Do you think Stark needs a break to regather himself and come back stronger as ever again? I think he does. Um, And when you consider as well, he's gone through a tough time personally with the loss of his father recently, which is very, very tough for anyone to to handle. So for him to come back into cricket really quickly is um, a sign of his mental strength. But at the same time, I think just he needs to get away from it a little bit, have a break, refresh the batteries and um, come at it again for the T20 World Cup and Ashes. Um, Yes, I think I agree um, with with you as well, because I think, he has been the white ball bowler of Australia for the last few years. So, mm. um, and I do have I do have some stats here. Um, I did some digging earlier well before a chat. So I think um, so. 2019, Stark played 10 matches with 27 wickets and at an average of 18.59, uh, at an economy of 5.43 with strike rate of 20.5. So that's I would say that's a good fast bowler's season. Um, Pretty decent. Yeah. Yes, um, and 2020, he played 11 matches for 12 wickets at an average of 54.25, mm. at a strike rate of 51.7, at an economy of 6.28. So he has had a terrible year, I think, and mm. the stats show that. So I don't, I, I don't like to rely on stats too much because mm. they are humans. Cricket, cricketers are not robots. So... Yeah. Um, but they do show a picture. They do yeah, paint a yeah, picture. Look, so, everyone goes um, through a bit of a rough patch and Stark's going through one. And I think he just needs some time away. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, moving on. I think um, the next question is from Sparsh Thelang mm-hmm. at underscore cricket Sparsh. Uh, does David Milan make it to your England's World T 2011? Time to promote Stokes. Uh, which he thinks is a mis- misfit in the middle order and bring in Sam Billings. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, good question. Be very, very harshly about Milan um, and, and then promote Stokes in his place because you're promoting a player who hasn't done a whole or hasn't set the world alight in T20 cricket for a player who's done very well in T20 cricket. Milan has 11 50-plus scores in 24 T20 internationals. He's got a strike rate of over 144 and an average of over 50. Yeah. Um, I think... And he's the only one. He's the only one of two players to have an average of over 15 T20, other being Virat Kohli. So, of course, Virat Kohli, yeah. 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 So, um, there's only two players. Mm, yeah. And to be honest with you, he does take a bit of time to get going when you've got the power around him um, and the power to come after him. It's okay. So can I have a player like that who can who can explode into form during his innings after the 10, 15 balls he faces, then he can really get going. He can motor along. So one option is, you know, you can swap Stokes and Butler in the batting order and keep Milan there. Um, or you ask more of Stokes and get him to improve his game in the middle order. But I don't think it's fair to drop Milan. Yeah, definitely. Um, and thoughts on Sam Billings? I love Sam Billings. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, but just like a few of the Indian players, they're going to find it really hard to get into that side. If you don't leave Milan out, 
if you play Milan, I don't think there's a, there's any room for Billings, to be honest. Yep. Um, good answer. Mm-hmm. Um, next question is from Arnab at ArnabBasu21. Um, he asks about Jason Roy. What about Jason Roy's future in the English T20 international team? Will he play the World Cup? Um, I will take the answer for this one because mm. I have done some digging on Jason Roy's stats. Look at you go, um, man. Uh, yeah, I love my stats. So for 2018, he, Jason Roy played nine innings at, and scored 271 runs at an average of 30.11 at a strike rate of 169.37. Did not mm. play anything in 2019, 2020. He played six innings, 147 runs, 24.50 average at 138.67. And then this year so far, he has played five innings for 144 runs at an average of 28.80 at a strike rate of 132.11. So yes, his strike rate has gone down um, and he hasn't, set the world on fire no um if that's the correct phrase to use but mm. he's at the, i think at the top he's done his job in a way where his job is to get england a good start yeah um three scores in the of, first three scores of yes. 40 plus in this series yeah so i think his 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 first six overs are really key i think from an england the way england bat in in the in white ball cricket the first power play, I think they put a lot of focus on. And I think Jason Roy does his job really well. I think that's the role assigned to him. One day we know what he can do. He can play the long innings and he can play, you know. He's um, capable, he he's capable of it, isn't he? So I think England will yes. definitely take him to the World Cup, obviously. And I think they'll play him in their 11. Yes. Start off with. Um, yes. All right. Um, moving on. Last question for the day. Um, Robin at Robin underscore rounder. How has the journey of Craig blog and anything memorable you can share? Yeah, it's been this some journey. Yeah, it's been a good one. Um, and I think the most rewarding thing about it is uh, just being able to express your view on a game you love kind of thing. And you've got that avenue to do that. I think that's one of the, the big advantages of the growth of the internet. There's been some disadvantages, but one of the advantages is it allows fans to have a voice and, um, it's allowed me to, to, to have that voice, but even more rewarding, it's, it's allowed me to provide other fans, um, you know, like writers writing on the blog to express their opinion and enable them to share their views with the world. Same with you, you join me on this podcast and it's just fantastic. So, um, so that's really the memorable thing for me uh, over the last couple of years doing this. And I'm really excited with where we can go, to be honest, because I'm fortunate to have come across a number of amazing people uh, around the world, amazing cricket fans. So that's been inc- incredibly rewarding and, um, you know, very, very blessed with what's happened so far and excited for, for what's to come in the future. I really liked that question, actually. It was nice. Yes. It's a bit different. Yeah. It's, so thanks, Robin, for sending it's, it's, that one it's, through. It's lovely to reflect on your journey, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially when it's to do with sport like cricket, where, mm. um, you know, you find yourself at times. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was always, I wanted to always do something with cricket um, from a very young age, fell in love with the game and played all the time. Um, but, you know, about a decade ago, tore my hamstring really badly, had a number of injuries. I had to stop playing. So this yeah. cricket blog has allowed me to stay in contact with the game and stay involved in it. 
outside of playing and that's been amazing. So now with this podcast, it's been really, really enjoyable this first episode and, you know, just excited of where it can go. So thank you to everyone who's been part of the journey so far and we're looking forward to the future. Definitely. Um, yeah. And I think uh, that's it for our first episode. And I think a special thank you to Dan and Kez from uh, Cricket. And I think go listen to their podcast as well, which is called the Golden Ducks podcast. So um, they uh, they have some pretty good insights of, about England cricket as well. So yeah, thank you for the first episode. Anything you like to say, Shah? Yeah, um, just, um, just, yeah, thanks guys for listening. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at, at CrickBlogPod. Um, in addition to our uh, personal accounts for myself at Crick underscore blog and Nash at Nash V Sant. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So you can, you can catch us there on Twitter for more stuff during the week. So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.